dedicating this episode to Ryan and his wife Ayumi because um, she's going into labor, so they're going to be having a baby today. What? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I just got off the phone with him like less than an hour ago, and he was. Oh, let me. He, he text him right he now. He sounds tired. Like he's he's been oh. in the hospital since like two a.m. this morning. So yeah, it's exciting. There's going to be a, a big change in their household. Oh yes. Yes, they are going to be very tired from here until <laughs> the rest get, of your life. <laughs> they, until they get used to their new routine. I would say it takes, um, I, feel, I would say the hardest is the first two weeks. That's what I always say. And then, oh, yeah. and then and it that, takes and that's about. just because you're not used to it? Well, that, I mean, well, at least for, for me, um, you, I still, you still have the hormones and stuff going and, um, your body's start is like starting to heal, starting to re-regulate itself hormone wise. And you've got a brand new baby and everything like that. And so like, seriously, I would just be sitting there and I would be crying for like no reason whatsoever. And I'd be like, I'm we're killing your baby for no reason. What? You're killing No why? reason whatsoever. <laughs> exactly. No reason. And Andrew's like, we're fine, <laughs> you know? And so we're like, you know, I don't know, you know, baby's fine. Like baby's sleeping, baby's happy, baby's fat and stuff, you know? Yeah. I'm like, is, is, is she going to be okay? And Andrew's like, where's this even coming from? <laughs> is she not okay? I mean, is, this, is there yeah, something like, you need to did you Did you see something? Like, did she mop her head? Like, what's going on? And you're like, no, she's just sleeping. Like, is she, is she <laughs> breathing? We should check on her. I know, exactly. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty stupid when the hormones are raging like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would say, yeah, cause I would say the two first two weeks are the worst. And then, um, after that, it takes about uh, the first two months to kind of get used to your new routine with, with two, it's, it's different because you, you're still trying to take care of one. You're trying to keep number two alive and, um, also trying to get adequate sleep because you still have to stay with, like stick with the normal schedule of number one. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, and so, um, like, you still have to wake up when they wake up, because it's not like you could be like, you just stay in your room and hang out in your crib for another four hours, I don't know. That's funny. You know, leading into today's episode, I wanted to say, just like a little disclaimer, because I feel like a lot of people might think, like, this is really random, like, why would you be doing this movie of all movies, right? But, you know, what? from the very first day you joined the podcast team, I think it was pretty much known that we were eventually going to do an episode on Spice World. Like, I think that was just like one of the ones that we we listed first, right? Like we coming in, I think you and I both had an idea of like, okay, yeah, you know, it would be fun to do a couple episodes of this, a couple episodes of that. But if you have like the Venn diagram, it's like you have the list in the middle of like something that we both thought of. And I feel like Spice World was there. Oh, definitely. It was, it was definitely inevitable that we were going to touch on this movie if you can call it that <laughs> <laughs> um yeah we're we're, we're definitely gonna we're, it was it was part of both of our childhoods and i definitely think that it was always gonna happen for sure before we even started the the episode earlier in the day you texted me and you're like yeah there's no need to do like a like a shot for shot rundown of this movie. <laughs> Definitely not. We can, we can probably leave a lot of stuff out. So I was like, I I can already get an idea of um how you felt, but we'll we'll definitely dive into that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's gonna be one of those things like have you 
Have you? There's this guy that does the videos where it's just like everything that was wrong about a movie. Oh yeah, I, I love watching. That's those, how I yeah. felt like. Yeah, exactly. I, I've seen a few of those and they're pretty funny and stuff. But that's how I felt like every time something would happen, just like ding, 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 mm-hmm. ding. You know. Yep. Like all the stuff. <laughs> yeah, and you know we didn't know when or where it was going to happen, but you know what? We knew for show at some point this was going to happen, and that yeah. that time is now. The toughest part of doing these podcasts is kind of deciding the order of them. Cause you know, you also don't want to do the same types of movies multiple times in a row, like to change it up at some different genres. And I almost feel like this would fall under the musical category because you know, it is a musical they're singing in it. Music is a big part of this movie. Yeah. As far as I know, it's considered a quote unquote musical musical comedy or even like a mockumentary, even though that, I could see that, yeah. You know, that, that little arc of the story, if you call it a story, mm-hmm. was completely pointless. But yeah, we'll get more into that. Smashing. Spice up your life. <laughs> We're about to spice up everyone's lives right now. How are you doing, everybody? Welcome to Afflictionados Podcast, episode 15. My name is Eric, and the other voice occupying your head this time is my sister, who is also devoted mom, soon to be mom for the third time. And co-host, Stephanie. Girl power. (laughs) Thank you to all the listeners out there for joining us. Available on all major podcast streaming services with new episodes dropping on the first Saturday of each month, 5 a.m. Pacific. Afflictionados is a monthly podcast where we mainly talk about films that range from mind-numbing to mind-blowing. Occasionally, we may also cover TV shows or other forms of media. It goes without saying, we will be getting into spoilers here. And there will be only the healthiest amount of expletives tossed in. You have been warned. Now, if you aren't ready, then get ready. Because in today's episode, like we mentioned, we will be discussing the hidden gem and national treasure, Spice World. Sweet Jesus. Here we go. So let's start with this. Because I think this is an appropriate place to start with this episode. Who are the Spice Girls? Good point. So before we even get to the movie, I want to say, I want to talk about who are the Spice Girls. So the Spice Girls, you may have, as a listener, either been not born yet, but if you were alive during the time of the Spice Girls, and you don't know who they are, then I don't know what you're doing with your life. You must have been living under a rock. I don't know. Because they were they were everywhere. Um, they were a girl group during a time where... There were many, many groups, boy boy bands, girl groups, that that sort of thing was pretty big, you know. Spice Girls was closely followed by like NSYNC and Backstreet Boys and uh, around the same time, probably towards the very end of New Kids on the Block. Doing the bye 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 hand motion. You still remember. <laughs> yeah, so so Spice Girls, they're British. They're five five woman team, all about girl power and and raising girls up and, and whatnot and being uh, there for your friends. And I don't know. Did you actually like write something out for this part? No, just kind of um, shooting from the hip. Was it a hose before bros kind of situation? Yeah. And you, you know, you were mentioning like the Spice Girls may have been before a lot of the audience members time. And yeah. how old were you when this second British invasion happened? Albeit, you know, this they came in kind of towards the end of the invasion. But, you know, I still feel like it was still considered the British invasion. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I was 
11 to 13, I want to say, or maybe like 10 to 13 was the range where they were my world. I kid you not. Oh man, I wish I had a picture or something, but I would just get magazines that featured the Spice Girls and posters, magazines and posters. And I had so many pictures from magazines and or posters on my wall. It was literally wallpaper. There was like not corner to corner. Yes. Or at Spice least one Girls wall posters. was like one wall was like that for sure. Were they posters or were they just like clip outs of like magazines? Some of them were posters. In okay. some of those posters came in those magazines. Gotcha. But some of them were posters, but then everything else that filled in all the space mm-hmm. was all pictures clipped out for magazines. I can already tell this episode is gonna be just a crazy nostalgia trip. Right? Yeah, and there was there there weren't any printouts or anything like that because the internet was fairly new and the and printers were not great at the time. I think there was still the dot matrix where you had to rip off the little holes on the sides and everything. I think so. Yeah. So <laughs> we, uh, I think, you know, laser or inkjet or whatever was just, just starting and they were super expensive. expensive. Yeah. And uh, everything, yeah, everything had to be cut out from someplace else. But wasn't that more fun? Like you had it, it was almost like a little craft activity. It was, more, it was, it was kind of like a hunt, trying to hunt down something I didn't already have. Mm, okay. That's the part that was fun. What magazines were, would you get? Like which ones had the, the best photos, would you say? Man, there were, there were a bunch of magazines who would, you know, dedicate entire issues to, you know, the Spice Girls or whatever band that they were featuring at the time or whatever. So there were, there were magazines called like Teen Beat and something probably with pop in the name. I don't even remember, but they were huge at the time, especially for those mm-hmm. of my age and a little bit older, the the tweens and the early teens kind of kind of age. It's insane, honestly. Like you you touched on it before. They were quite literally everywhere. To me the Spice Girls seemed to take over everything. Everywhere you looked, there they were there. So from commercials yeah. to popsicles with bubblegum eyes to collectible toys, lollipops, dolls. It was it was nice because, you know, as a you know, fairly poor kid, I, it wasn't hard to find the stuff that I wanted. It was fairly cheap. It was accessible. It was, yeah, it was accessible. So that was nice. That was nice for me. But I mean, I didn't have a huge collection or anything like that, probably because of that. But, you know, magazines were, were uh, inexpensive, easy to come by. And did you ever have any of those? Um, I forgot what they're called, but I, I remember seeing them because I'm pretty sure Daniel had some our next our old next door neighbor um but do you remember those like spice girl barbie things they weren't quite barbie branded but i think they were basically barbies do i do those? man i should have pulled them out i know exactly where they are you i still have, have them in my garage right now <laughs> oh man <laughs> oh you, you're gonna have to pull those out and take a photo of those that's I awesome will. do you have all of them uh i think i have one of each if i recall correctly i might actually have something i can show you guys well, you <laughs> right now, but I could totally post a picture on okay. the Facebook. Hold on, let me go get it if I can if I can find it real quick. This was another thing that everyone collected from Ice Cream Men oh, and is it, gas is stations. It what I think it is? Oh, is it the lollipop? It's Holy the lollipop. Shit. Is that um, ginger spice? It still has the lollipop. Yep, this is ginger spice. It still has the lollipop in it. And a sticker in here. 
There apparently were 24 stickers to collect according to this. And I never touched this one for some reason. I think this was around the time maybe that she left. I think you and I thought this it, might yeah. become. I think I I thought this might become some sort of collector's item, so I didn't Holy open shit. this one. Wow, that is. And I, I still totally have remember it. those. So, so just can you describe that popsicle or that lollipop? This was just it was a lollipop, and it would uh, come kind of pokeball style. I think if you see in the picture there, yeah, the bottom half two-tone. was red, uh-huh. and the top half was white, and the top half would have like a little image of that spice girl's face stamped in it <laughs> that is and, awesome but it was a normal lollipop that is so made funny. by the brand chupa chups quite literally no one had any shame when it came to marketing for spice girls oh yeah there was spice oh, girls strawberry everything i can only imagine the bootleg stuff that came off of that too so oh i know but you have you have an, an official lollipop. That's awesome. You know, places there would be places that would sell random like posters and things like that that weren't official. Mm-hmm. And I want to say you could find them at like the kiosks in the malls and stuff like that. You know, or maybe even like a collectible card shop or something like that. And they would have you know unofficial bootleg posters and, and, and this and that but if it was an image that i didn't have i would want it yeah you didn't care you're like official or not i'll grab it yeah so i was obsessed and spice girls um their first album was the first compact disc i ever owned fun fact what i owned i owned that cd before i even owned a cd player you almost have to use that as like a way to convince mom and dad to say, okay, <laughs> we'll finally get you a CD player. You're like, look, I have this disc and I have nowhere to play it. Not even, they didn't care. Um, I, you know, I just wanted, I just really wanted the CD, mm-hmm. but soon, soon after I found a CD player that was on a decent sale. And so I was basically like, Hey, can I get this CD player? I want to say it was like, I don't know, 10 bucks or maybe less. <laughs> Had to save up for it. It was Same my first little, little tiny, yeah, it was my first little tiny boombox thing. It had the CD player in the top and the tape player in the front, and it was fairly fairly uh, affordable and got the job done. Yeah. I would take that thing into the bathroom with me, you know, when I took my showers and blast my music. You just, you played the shit out of that first album, I sure didn't did. you? Oh, yeah. And this is also why I know the song so well from the first album. Probably the, probably the first two albums, actually, because I would hear them nonstop. Yep. So it was, you know, <laughs> it's it's kind of cool because I also get to share this experience with you, you know, like otherwise I wouldn't have had any sort of memory of the Spice Girls and the craziness that the fandom that came with. Yeah, that. that's true. You're welcome for that for that life experience. Favorite Spice Girl. My favorite Spice Girl was Posh Spice. <laughs> Would you say she was the most popular? No. No. I def- I wouldn't say she was the most popular, but she was, I want to say, one of the most popular. Um, and, oh, here's another fun fact. Me and uh, four friends on my street, we had our own Spice Girl group. And I kid you not, they uh, basically recruited me at some point and just made me Scary Spice just because I was <laughs> the only non-white girl in the group. Damn. Yeah, even though I'm Asian. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought that you you helped build the group, but they they recruited. I kind of did. I kind of took over. I mean, they recruited me last. 
Okay. As Scary Spice, but I kind of took over because we had the big carport on the side. Mm-hmm. We had two random bookshelves that were just sitting out there that we would tip onto their fronts and use as a stage. I actually would act- learn the choreography and teach it to them. I kid you <laughs> not, I would learn the harmonies and teach that teach them to them. Wow. And I would even make costumes. So what did they do? Like, how did they contribute to the group? Um, By being members in it. That was it? <laughs> They didn't put After like any... a while. No, they, I mean, they, they performed and stuff, you know, I mean, we were what, 11, 12 or whatever. So it's right. not like this was a super serious thing, but it was super serious to me at the time. Them being like the, the, the ones to form the group, I guess, like initially, what did they hope to accomplish with it? Like they were just going to dress up, but like they weren't going to learn it was any just of the for moves. fun. Well, I think, mean, I think they were, they just weren't, you know, super dedicated i don't know ocd like i am to <laughs> to sit and watch and learn every little aspect and mm-hmm. so you were the so, choreographer like straight up kind of yeah i yeah i think i just it wasn't it wasn't so much that i was you know a better member or something like that it's just i was just the one that was that obsessed mm-hmm. and so after yeah. a while i became kind of indispensable and i was like i want to be posh or i'm out damn so so what happened there's there's almost like a power struggle there was and then and I totally, I totally played that move, and they, uh, they couldn't have me be out, and so they, they acquiesced to my demands. And the girl who ended up being <laughs> Scary Spice because I took her posh spice spot quit, and that was around the time that Ginger Spice actually left the group. And so to us, we we're like, okay, it was Scary Spice that left instead of Ginger. It was like alternate history. It was messed up. <laughs> <laughs> Quick side note. Um, if you haven't seen Pen15, the show on Hulu, watch that because this is kind of in relation. Like, I don't want to spoil anything, but... I keep hearing thi- I keep hearing things about this show. Yeah, so getting back into the, to the personal history here. Yeah, so you guys actually had live performances, and I remember this. You would have, like, little <laughs> tiny concerts. Who would go to these? In front of nobody. In front of nobody. <laughs> well, there were always... I guess there were always, like, rehearsals or dress rehearsals, mm-hmm. but we never actually had... Well, there was this one where I think we invited a bunch of people and nobody came. And yet they were kind of looking over the the gate of the carport. Mm-hmm. And so they came, but they didn't come because they didn't come into the carport. You know what I mean? <laughs> that was the venue. <laughs> yeah. The carport was the venue. That was funny. And uh, so when we did the performance anyway, uh-huh. um, and they were like just kind of peeking over the carport and laughing and stuff. It was fun. It was fun. It was weird. Since you were so dedicated and you learned the choreography and all that, how proficient were you at the pose? Like the I was it was perfect. It was immaculate. The posh I point. I had an immaculate posh point. <laughs> and I actually brought it back once. Um at Soka University. Birthday parties were kind of a big thing. So for somebody, I wanna say it was actually a dude. We did a Spice Girls performance that was three girls and two guys dressed as girls. Interesting. Okay. It was great. And I immediately called Posh. I was like, I can do this. I have a wealth of experience in this. Did the group ever have like a leader or a front woman or anything like that? I was kind of curious I about I kind of feel like it was, I feel like it was Ginger Spice. I feel like she was kind of the. I thought so too. And I think someone actually mentioned that, like they thought that ginger was the the leader or whatever but i i don't know like i don't think she was the most talented singer or the the best dancer or anything like no, that No, not necessarily but she was the oldest 
And so she kind of, uh, I think, took on that that leadership kind of role. I think, and she was mm-hmm. uh, the. I feel like she. I feel like she was the most outspoken. I think by proxy, Posh may have been one of my favorites to start off. But <laughs> had I gone off of just my own opinion, I think I always had a thing for Ginger. There's just almost like something about her where she she had that raspy voice. She was kind of sultry. Yeah. She was she wasn't like a stick, you know. She was kind of curvy. Yeah, yeah, she was curvy. And um, she had she had like the sex appeal, so she was. And she yeah, she was the the quote unquote sexiest probably. Yeah. I mean posh. I was gonna say in in a way she could have been like sexy spice, yeah. you know. But she yeah she she had like that like flirtatious like pinup style to her. Yeah, definitely. It's funny because I almost feel like her theme was just it was more top level than that, and so it was <laughs> right. like redheaded spice girl ginger. Perfect. Seriously. Yeah, she and she, <laughs> she was the one who was the most outspoken about, I think, you know, the whole girl power and feminism thing because she mm. had less of a, a solid gimmick. You know what I mean? Interesting. So she, you feel like she almost had to overcompensate by like adding more layers and depth. Well, to maybe her that character. was that was her thing. Her thing. Maybe. Yeah. She was the one that always said girl power the most, it seems like. And she always wore, she wore the most, uh, she was very patriotic. You know, Union Jacks, yeah, um, as her outfits and stuff, so. So that mantra, though, the or slogan, if you will, girl power, how did you interpret that? Like, what did that mean to you? To me, it was a symbol of strength, that I could do anything and be anything, and I wasn't defined by my boyfriends, even though I was completely boy crazy and <laughs> continued to be completely boy crazy all the way through my life. It was cool. I mean, yeah, it was it was feminism, but like it was it was like in a fun way, you know. It wasn't very serious and kind of like trying to shove their beliefs down everyone's throats. I felt like they they were they were showing that like girls can can be fun and sexy and like all that stuff that like they're kind of stereotyped with, but use that as like strength, you know, like that be proud of that. It was nice. It was nice for girls my age for sure. I think in mm-hmm. a real world setting, it was very shallow. I don't know, honestly, I mean, you know, as 11, 12 year old, whatever, I didn't know. I don't know if they were actually trying to make a real world impact, but if they, if they were, I didn't know about it. Like they didn't make that super apparent, you know? Plus, and, you, um, did, would you have really cared at that time? I, I mean, Yeah, I wouldn't have, <laughs> but I feel like I at least would have heard something, you know, like yeah. Spice Girls, you know, go to Africa and start a girl's school and I don't know, you know, some, something, something bigger than just... Sure. You know, bringing up a bunch of tweens. But obviously for me at the time as a, as a tween, it was my whole identity for a little while, you know? Yeah, definitely. Fair question, though. Who should they contact if uh, if they want to book gigs? Nobody. <laughs> you guys are no longer <laughs> taking gigs. Okay. Definitely not. And we also live <laughs> all in all kinds of different states. So. Yeah, that's true. So with this movie, Spice World... I kind of, I was like thinking to myself before I even saw the movie again, I was like, why was this movie even made? You know, like, why does it exist in the first place? And I'm not, I'm not even trying to say that to be mean or like in a joking way. I will tell you, fan service cash cow. (laughs) So as the Spice Girls popularity grew exponentially, this is actually pretty interesting. Disney approached the group about potentially making a film. And the Spice Girls turned that down, turned down the script that they pitched because they felt it was too Disney-fied. 
<laughs> and <laughs> initially, initially the script was about a young single mother of one of the Spice Girls. So it would have been like one of the Spice Girls' moms. And it would have been about her fighting hardship to form the band. And so they're like, nah, that sounds stupid. That's not even how the band formed. <laughs> it would make more sense if they actually told a, a telling of how the band formed. But yeah. But that was, you know, done through show business ways, like auditions and stuff. So it's not oh, really exciting, true. you know? Yeah. And Kim Fuller, who's the brother of the Spice Girls manager, Simon Fuller, decided to write an original screenplay just for them, which would become this movie, Spice World. And uh, what was interesting to think about was they still kept the idea of a single mother, but instead of it being like one of the Spice Girls moms trying to form the group it was just a friend a friend that was pregnant yeah yeah and they have to realize that friendship is more important you know everything that they preach <laughs> that their friendship is more important than you know this or that or their wealth their, or fame or whatever yeah their busy famous lives and yeah all that stuff so spice world was released in 1997 directed by bob spears i was actually surprised that this movie is only an hour and 33 minutes long. It's a short ass movie. It is. And I was thankful. Like literally the movie was starting and I was like, how long do I have to sit through this? And I looked it up and I was like, Oh, thank goodness. It's only an hour. And a half. I was kind of <laughs> getting like some fatigue towards the end. So like the last quarter of the movie, I'm like, this movie is still going. <laughs> I legit fell asleep a couple times. Oh, did you? Okay. So you thought I it was did. just boring. I was pretty like... tired. I didn't get a nap yesterday. So I was also pretty tired. Okay. You know, being 34 weeks pregnant, you, you need your naps. Were you really enthusiastic about watching it initially and then halfway through? I was more like, nervous. Ooh. No, I was actually more nervous because I knew that I liked it. Mm-hmm. When I was young and I knew why I liked it when I was young, which was just my huge spice girls fan love or whatever Mm -hmm. um but i had seen it enough times as a kid to remember as an adult it's not a good movie (laughs) so i was like were you able to kind of gauge your expectations a little bit better though like you you knew what it was going in yeah which is why i was kind of like it's only an hour and a half thank goodness (laughs) Oh, sidebar. Having mentioned the manager, Simon Fuller, do you know who that is? Like, does that name sound familiar to you? Yes, it does. So Simon was one of the creators of the insanely popular TV music competition series, Pop Idol, as well as the spinoff series, American Idol. Lordy, that, yeah, that that makes sense. And. I think I remember that. Even before that, do you remember the girl group Eden's Crush? Oh, definitely. I was thinking about this group and I was like, holy <laughs> fuck, what the hell happened to Eden's Crush? We were into that show. Like, you remember Eden's Crush was the product of the TV show. Uh, what was it? It was Pop Stars, right? I think so. Yeah, that sounds right. It was a show dedicated to making girl group bands, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if it went past that first season. I, I want to say I don't think that it did. Pop Stars was just one season and it was... I think it played off of, or maybe it was just the American version of an ongoing pop stars uh, competition that like mm-hmm. ha- that was going on in other countries. I want to say like Australia or something like that. But um, what the hell happened to Eden's Crush? I, I remember you were into that group as well, right? I was. I don't know. Group was actually pretty damn the, good. They were, yeah. 
they just kind of dropped off the face of the earth. I guess we'll have to look into it and I'll have to look into it and do a little post on it later. <laughs> Even had a young Nicole Scherzinger as a member, which a yeah. lot of people know her as eventually joining and becoming the front woman for the Pussycat Dolls, elevating exactly. them to popularity. Mm-hmm. But what's cool is the show Pop Stars, um, that actually served as Simon Fuller's inspiration for Pop Idol. So oh, okay. that's why I brought it up. I thought it was, it was kind of cool because it's all interconnected because I do remember yeah. clearly that Eden's crush wasn't too far before, you know, um, American yeah. Idol and all that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And American Idol is just different because instead of doing a group, you just did one person. Yeah. So essentially, I, I remember seeing it. I was like, oh, this is just more of the, the same. Yeah. And that's why I never really went past that initial season of American Idol. Because I was like, it's just, uh, it's more of the same. It's the same every season, yeah. season after season. And yeah, all, all those reality shows and competition shows never really been my bag. I've never really been all that into them. They're just the same thing over and over. You know what I mean? Yeah. But going back to Spice World. So the film never actually had an official movie soundtrack, which is kind of interesting because the Spice World album, which is... Spice, the way you differentiate it is Spice World, the movie is two words, and then Spice World, the album is one word. I don't know why they did that. Maybe because they don't want people getting confused or whatever. Oh, but, yeah, I guess so. But Spice World, the album had just come out a few months, I, I, want, I want to say like a month or two before the movie. And this was the, the huge follow up to their first successful album, Spice. And since it was already being heavily promoted, Spice World, um, it also just kind of inadvertently served as the unofficial soundtrack for the movie. I guess, yeah, it makes sense because every all the songs, pretty much most of the songs uh, in the movie were just songs from those two albums. It, so it, it has every single song from Spice World except for Move Over. Oh, that's funny. I did not know that. <laughs> and Whether played as a background or performed. Yeah, exactly. And what's interesting is they left out Move Over... And that wasn't because they didn't have enough time for it because they even fit in a lot of songs from the first album. You know, they had yes. like four or five songs from Spice exactly. on there as well. Yeah. So it was interesting that they, they left off Move Over, but it, it kind of makes sense because I, I was looking this up. I was like, so why was this? What was up with this song specifically? And I do remember the song um, quite well because it always felt different from the rest of the songs on Spice World, in my opinion. The song Move Over, sometimes referred to as Generation Next, as it was prominently featured in the Spice Girls Pepsi commercials. Pepsi commercial. So you remember yeah. those. I definitely remember yeah, those. Yeah, I do. And, um, Maybe, so was it because it was like too futuristic sounding? Is that what it was? So Move Over was written specifically as a jingle for PepsiCo's Generation Next advertising campaign and released January 1997. So the inclusion of the song on the Spice World album I heard garnered a lot of divisive opinions because the the music critics, they thought that the production and the the lyrical content just didn't match up with the rest of the album. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, maybe that was thrown on there more for the fans. It could have been, Because, you know, as a fan, I would have wanted to own that song. Hmm. Because it was part of the whole package, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it definitely doesn't fit the rest of the album. Yeah. And I, and I could see how, why, like, you know, it, it didn't make it into the movie because of licensing reasons too. Cause I was like Pepsi song. Yeah. It, I think it, it was like too closely associated with Pepsi. So yeah. maybe, maybe they didn't have like full promotional rights for that song or something. I don't know. 
Interesting. It is interesting. And, you know, like I said before, it to me, it felt different from the rest of the songs. Like, it's almost like the and like how the critics were saying it was the the production and the 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 lyrical content. So I do feel like they just kind of repeat the same verses over and over throughout the song. Yeah. Yeah. And um, most of the song is just the chorus, you know, and the chorus is the part that was featured in the Pepsi Generation Next commercials. No, oh, I remember. This song also features the most spice rap out of any of their songs on any of their albums. <laughs> because usually there's only like one verse that's dedicated to rap. And that's like usually towards the end of the song. Yeah. But this entire song, all I think all the verses are rap. So that's interesting too, is that it almost has, I, I wonder if Pepsi wanted them to go like a little bit edgier or something for this generation next Maybe a little bit promotional more promotional campaign. You know, this, this, this was a, also a height, I want to say, of hip hop during that time. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's it's awesome that and you so bring it up it because being that kind of a that kind of a thing. You know, the nineties is all about mixing rap into other genres, right? Like you, you know, you have the the rap rock with like yeah. the new metal. So that was very prominent. I was like Linkin I was Park totally into. I was totally into Limp Bizkit myself, so... Oh, that's true, yeah. I, I was definitely in, into yeah, I that. That was, like, a, such a 90s thing. But, you know, this this is also proof that there's also, like, pop rap as well. Oh, yeah. There was always a rap verse in a lot... A lot of their songs, like, right? At, at, you know, the late 90s, early 2000s, there was always... <laughs> and on, there was always a rap part. We carried on for a long time. I don't want... I'm not, like, hating on Move Over, because I actually felt like it was really well-performed. It and was it's fun, ca- yeah. It's it catchy fun. as hell. Oh, yeah. But it, to me, it just felt the most hollow out of the, the all the songs on the first two albums. Like, it, there's almost, like, no heart behind it, you know? Like, it was just, like... Right. I wonder if they didn't even want to do it. We'll never know. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I think we should get into the movie. I want to talk yeah. about all the, the quote-unquote plot points and how they sucked. And I also want to, <laughs> before we we like fully jump into the movie, I want to. I just want to mention how difficult it was to watch this movie because this movie is nowhere to be found, and I <laughs> I had to come up with this fucking workaround in order to be able to watch this damn movie. I do have it on VHS, but I don't currently have a VHS player, so it wasn't getting watched that who way. The, who the hell has a v, VCR these days, right? <laughs> exactly. So, I, I I remember going in. This was like a couple of days ago, and I was like, okay, so I want to watch this movie before you know we record the podcast. And so I was I was looking to rent it somewhere, and it's nowhere. I was lo- I was looking around, and I could not find this anywhere. Not on Vudu, not on Netflix, Prime, HBO Max, Hulu, even Crackle. Like it's not an option to rent or buy anywhere. And this workaround that I had to do. <laughs> I don't know if you want to just, if you want to explain this part, but it was quite interesting to say well, the least. Well, it was a voodoo feature. I mean, it wasn't available on voodoo to rent or buy, but voodoo does have a feature of transferring disc to digital. <laughs> and so you just had to look up the UPC that would have shown up on any DVD, any Spice World DVD and scan that in disc to digital, pay a couple bucks. And then you finally had it. <laughs> That's the only way that you can watch it is Voodoo disc to digital. You can't rent it or buy it on on Voodoo itself or anywhere else. I quite literally had to Google like, how the hell can I watch this movie? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, how can how can you watch Spice World now? Because I wasn't going to 
like go on Amazon and buy a physical version. I, I'm already in the process of converting a lot of my movie collection to digital anyway. So I, I just thought, you know, most of the stuff I want is on Vudu. I'll just go on there and rent it. It's fine. But I couldn't and even do yeah, that. And congratulations. Now Spice World is part of your digital library. Now I have it forever because I went through the app. I had to like allow access to my camera so I can scan a like a, a QR code. Yeah, I use the built-in uh, Voodoo feature for converting a physical to digital. And I actually used my wife's phone to show the QR code so I can scan it with my phone. Not even a QR code, a UPC code. Oh, UPC code. Yeah. And then it finally gives you the option to purchase it. So, yeah, I you know what? Since I'm buying it, I might as well just get the, the HD version. That's what I was saying. Oh, I paid the five bucks. I paid the five bucks also. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know how bad the SD version is going to be. Yeah. I'm going to splurge and get the HD version. <laughs> splurge, yeah. It was either two bucks or five <laughs> bucks. And I was like, I might as well just get that version. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, going into the movie now. Yeah, it starts with a performance. It was pretty cool because the intro actually serves as a literal introduction to each member of the group. Like, you're not well, already going to know who the whole performance. I know, right? And uh, what song did it sing at the, at the very beginning? Um, Too Much. I must say, there is some pretty terrible lip syncing going on here. I don't know if you noticed it. <laughs> The funny thing is that, okay, so here's a, here's an interesting side note that I've read out, out in the world is uh, you may you may or may not know this, but the Spice Girls have had a couple of reunions mm-hmm. over the years. And one member that is never present is Posh Spice. <laughs> Victoria Beckham refuses to come back. Damn, why is that? And little by little over the years, I've kind of decided at least, I don't know if this is a real reason, but I feel like is that she was actually the worst singer in the group. <laughs> and I heard she didn't have a lot of parts. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you noticed. She didn't really have a lot of parts. Wait, wait, in the movie or in the songs? No, in, in the songs, like in the group. Because I was going to say, in, in the movie, she has a lot of parts. Yeah, but she's she's not singing in those parts. You know, I'm, mm. I'm talking about like in the, in the, in the singing. And I, I heard, and I don't know if this is true, but I heard that she was so, like singing was not her thing. I don't want to say she was so bad, but she was so not not the best good <laughs> that she her parts were actually lip synced and everybody else actually sung at the concerts. What? They would turn off her mic and she would lip sync her parts. No way. Is that really what, That's what, what they I did heard. to her? Why even keep her around? That's so crazy. Like, why would you recruit she her was in one the of first the faces. place? I know. You couldn't find anyone pretty enough that can sing and be posh. Right. But yeah, that's 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 what I heard. I don't I don't know if it was true. That's a rumor, but it would make sense why she wouldn't come back because, you know, there's kind of no point. <laughs> you know what I mean? I guess so. Like but she's not she's she's not actually going to be doing any singing. But she's she's part of the the ensemble though. You know, like the atmosphere of it. She she brings that I that suppose. flair and that attitude as well, along with Posh. But what's interesting is that you say that her performances were mostly lip synced live, right? But if if she had to have so much practice doing that, why was her lip syncing so bad in this intro? You think it was the, hers was the worst? I wasn't even, I wasn't paying attention, but I thought that hers might have been the best. Her mouth movements looked so unnatural when she was singing. I'm like, why is her mouth like tongue sticking out almost? And it, it just looked really weird. I'm like, who? why is she singing like that? Just act normal. 
it was almost like she was trying to overcompensate. To me, I always felt like her character had, you know, like her gimmick or whatever, like had the least, I don't know, personality, I guess. You know, hmm, Ginger, even the Ginger, Ginger kind of made her own, her own gimmick up. And then even though it's based on her hair color or whatever, mm-hmm. and baby, sporty, scary, they just, you know, they had, they were kind of obvious, right? Mm-hmm. And then Posh, also obvious, but the least interesting, you know what I mean? Like, she was just there to literally be fancy. So why was she your favorite? Like, what was appealing about her? She was the prettiest? I don't know. I think, I think I thought she was the prettiest. Hmm. I oh. was 10. I was very shallow. <laughs> <laughs> So she was the least talented one. Because I agree now. Like, if I had to pick one now, if I had to pick one now, I think it would be Scary or Ginger. Mm, okay. Because they yeah. actually, they were, they, they kind of had the most personality, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. they, they both had talent and stuff. I mean, not that the others didn't. So I feel like uh, a lot of the, a lot of uh, everything gets kind of exaggerated in the movie, but especially mm-hmm. Victoria, because otherwise she's kind of pointless. I mean... <laughs> It's just about, you know, picking nice dresses and that's Let's it. Let's be fair. This movie is kind of pointless, but it was right. fun. Yeah, it was definitely fun. It was. De- I do recall, you know, the fun that I had. And here's another, here's another fun fact. I saw it in the theater. It came out around my birthday, the year I turned 13. And our poor dad. He, w- he went with you? Took me and a group of friends to see it for my birthday. Wow. Okay. And that, was he, but that was means he like hating his life. Probably, I don't know. I wish I could ask him. I wish I could ask him. He probably wouldn't even remember, even if he was alive. He probably wouldn't yeah, even remember. He, he probably wouldn't. I think he blocked it out of his mind. Right. So but I'm sure that was probably the worst day of his <laughs> life. <laughs> because it was a bunch of screeching, like, and it was, a, and it was a shitty movie. Yeah. Let's be real. But you know what? He he can sit through some shitty movies himself. All right. Yeah, but he's actually interested in them. <laughs> this was a shitty movie that he was not interested in whatsoever. He would go to the sci-fi section, grab a random ass movie, and then I'll, I can tell from the box, I'm like, Dad, this movie looks like shit. And he's like, we'll see. And then sure enough, after he was done watching, he was like, yeah, that movie sucked. And I'm like, why do you keep doing this to yourself? You know these movies suck. <laughs> that was his That was his guilty pleasure, man. Sci-fi <laughs> B-movies. Yeah. That was his guilty pleasure. But you know what? I was really surprised at how good the Spice Girls acting actually was. I wasn't ready for that. I I thought for sure it was going to be like really cringy and, and terrible. But I thought the acting was really damn good. Well, you know, I mean, I wouldn't say it was really good. But they were acting their roles on a daily basis anyway. <laughs> so it, it wasn't that far off. It was still even like turned up a little bit more for this movie though. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't think they did a terrible job. And the cast was actually, I was surprised to see some of the people I saw in there, like uh, Richard E. Grant, who played their road manager. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the other girl that played Deborah. it's funny because to me, she looks like, there were a couple of characters in there that looked like somebody else to me. And I was like, oh, I swear it's them. And I'll look it up and it's not. Mm. But this girl, she, her, her most recent role that I can recall was a role in Enola Holmes. Oh, okay. But she, but I swear she looks like Jodie Whittaker to me, who is uh, the most recent doctor in Doctor Who. Oh, she does kind of look like her. And I don't even watch Thank Doctor you. Who, but I know who you're talking about. 
Yes. And Jodie Whittaker's in plenty of stuff. And I saw her and I was like, oh, I think that's Jodie Whittaker and it's not. And then um, there's a guy who, um, you know, when they're trying to get the movie together, the guy who keeps like coming up with these scripts. Yeah, yeah. That dude looks like Jason Bateman to me. <laughs> no, that guy was like too yes. geeky. He looked too. Yeah, geeky. I gotta put. A, I gotta do a side by side of those two guys, with Jason Bateman who's younger. I can see maybe a, a couple features that resemble him, but I don't, I don't think so. Overall. I don't think it's the mouth area. Maybe, and of course you you have Sir Elton John at the very beginning. Yo, these are the cameos though. These are <laughs> these are these guys playing themselves, you know. So yeah, John, Elton John, Elvis Costello. Um, that one, that one, I don't even know who this guy is, but the guy who Scary Spice changes his hair, Bob something. Oh, at the party, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He looked so... like Slash to me. Yes, he wasn't Slash. <laughs> I thought, I thought the same thing actually. I was like, this guy kind of looked like, but no, definitely not. Um, and then. Um, when the girls first exit the venue, I don't know if this happened to you because I kind of had, I had like a certain volume set, right? Because the performances are going to be a little bit louder and then like the audio the the dialogue is going to be really low so i'm like let me just turn up a bit when they first pretty 90s feature when they first exit the venue to meet the fans and they're like on their way to their bus the screaming fans the audio for the scene was so freaking loud and it like they wanted you to feel it it almost blew my eardrums out and and that's what i was wondering i wonder if they they left it like purposely that loud because they wanted to To maybe resemble what it it really could be when you go out there and you you see the the ocean of of fans they're so excited to be there and maybe that that happens sometimes where they come out and they're just like really you know caught off guard yeah I would imagine. I would imagine that would be really overwhelming. I mean, for me personally, I feel like, yeah, it would be really overwhelming. But yeah, it could have been something that they did on purpose. They can get a little bit of feel of what that's like. But then we (laughs) move on to my probably my favorite part of the whole movie, which is this Doctor Who TARDIS bus. Mm, Their magical double decker tour bus. Bigger on the inside than it could ever be on the outside. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a pretty cool idea. I love that bus. Yeah, I if if I if every other part of the movie sucked, the bus was awesome, and they all had their little stereotype sections and stuff like that. Uh, but I just love the, bus, the yeah. you know the fact that it was really comfortable and way bigger on the inside than it was on the outside, and you know had oh, yeah. different sections to it, and that was great. It was cool. Yeah, it was this this magic bus that that was dubbed the Spice Bus, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah, this thing was like enormous on the inside, and you know, I think they maybe they were trying to. I don't know if they necessarily were trying to play up the the fact that it was insanely huge on the inside. They like took out the the top floor or whatever the top row of seats of the double decker bus, and they basically had like the huge um, uh, ceiling, right, elevated ceiling. Yeah. But and the only thing that was up there was like just the manager's little desk or whatever. But I think they had a dining still... area. Oh, did I they? When I saw a dining area up there. But that still would not be enough room to even represent what was in the movie. <laughs> yeah. You could almost have like a dance floor in the center of this bus. Oh yeah, it was crazy. There was there was a lot of space in the middle of the, unused space in the middle of the bus that. Uh, you know, would not exist in real life on a real double decker bus. Who whose area, like whose like themed section of the bus did you like the most? Probably the most comfortable one. I want to say that I remember. I, I can't remember whose was the most comfortable. It might have been um, Ginger's or Scary's, but hmm. I do remember thinking that Baby Spice's section 
and Posh Spices sections seemed the lamest because <laughs> all Baby Spice had was a swing. Which is I still pretty to, cool. She had like a swing and a slide, which is cool. But like if you want to relax and lounge, that's not real great. And then Posh Spice didn't have any seating at all. She just had a runway. Yeah, because that's what and she, she does. She would just stand on the end of her runway and chill there. And she was always just looking at herself, like trying on outfits or whatever. I did like yeah. the 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 bit where she was all like, "Which which dress do you, you like better?" And she's holding up a couple of different dresses, and they look exactly like the same thing she's already wearing. <laughs> right. And they they like make fun. They give her shit for that. They're like, "Oh, it's the little black dress of the little black the little dress." Gucci dress. It's the yeah. little Gucci dress of the little Gucci dress. How about the little Gucci dress? And she's like, "Good call." <laughs> And she's like, okay, yeah, sounds good. That's the one I was going with, too. Yeah, it's pretty funny. I didn't realize that that was her thing. I always thought, like, sure, you know, she wore, like, the the fancy dresses or whatever that are, like, really, um like, tight on her body. But I didn't realize that it was always, like, that black dress that was kind of, like, her initial signature uh-huh. outfit. Like, variations on the little black dress mm-hmm. with embellishments here and there kind of thing. Cute things here and there. Lace or something like that. It was always Gucci. <laughs> Not always, I think. I think there were other fancy designers involved also. Were you, were you turned off by the campiness of the story, though? I, I felt like it was pretty fun. It was it, it was fun and stupid. We'll go with that. <laughs> but um, I think the, the Spice Girls themselves, they did their thing. They were charming. They were cute. And then we get to the story plot, the little plot points. Like I was trying to think. I was like, at the beginning of the movie, I was like, there's... A lot going on in in this for how little actually goes on, if that makes mm. sense, you know. So we have mm. the introduction of the documentary, the documentary crew that follows them around through the whole movie, and that was the part that I thought was the most pointless. Mm. What is their freaking point except to be following them around? There's there's no point. I almost feel like they kind of played that paparazzi role. Like there's always someone that's like trying to capture them and film them or whatever. Well, no, that was that guy, that, that photographer that would like come out of the toilet and oh, stuff. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, that's true. He was the paparazzi guy. Yeah. And then there's the the side, the the plot, the slide, the story about um, them trying to make a movie, which kind of ended up becoming the biggest one because. Well, the Spice <laughs> Girls weren't, weren't trying to make a movie, but like you just had like this production. There was the manager company. and yeah, the production, yeah. The, the, the screenwriter and the production guy or whatever and this they just kept pitching shitty scripts or whatever yeah and they kept pitching <laughs> shitty sh- shitty scripts and uh you know getting rejected and stuff and eventually they funny. come to they come to an agreement which is implied that it was actually spice world yeah exactly and so he's actually pitching part of the story as it's happening in the movie so he's, mm-hmm. you know it's kind of yeah and so yeah it's, it seems like it's implied that what Spice World, it, what Spice World ended up being, is what was pitched in the movie. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that ended up being the biggest plot point. I guess the biggest, the biggest That's thing. Kind of a cool twist too. Yeah, exactly. I thought that was like the cleverest part of the movie, to be honest. And then we have the random news guy who just doesn't want to see the Spice Girls everywhere, mm-hmm. and decides to take them down for no reason whatsoever, other than the fact that he's just sick of seeing them everywhere. And that's when he they hire that random photographer guy who is it's supposedly like really, creepy. really good. Yeah, super creepy. Really good at what he does. He had like some picture of the news guy when he was 12. <laughs> you know. <laughs> he knew that he, he was going to need to use this at some point. I know. And so I thought, you know, I thought that was funny, but also ends up being pointless, except for, you know, for him to have his little change of heart. 
at the end. I don't know. It was stupid. So those are like the three things that, that went out, went throughout the movie. Do you feel like those were what was bugging you the most about the movie? Just like those plot points? I, I want to say those that that was bugging me the most or anything like that, because I, I, I think the little, you know, the little scenes here and there that didn't add to the story, those bugged me more like, you know, they have the scene they're performing in Italy or they have the scene where they have the, the two contest winners on the boat with them mm. um, or the best scene in the whole freaking movie. Huge sarcasm here. The alien scene. Yeah. Oof. we're getting to that for sure (laughs) the part that bugged me the most is the friend who the hell is this pregnant friend why why out of everyone is she even there like how do you have this regular person that is like chilling with them their best friend i thought she was like a crew member or something like maybe part of the production She, she actually is also related to doctor who she was uh, one of the main characters in a Doctor Who spinoff called Torchwood. Just wanted to oh, point wow. that out. Interesting. Yeah, she's a she's a Japanese actress, and um, she play- The funny thing is that it bugged me a lot because her name was in in Torchwood. Her name was Toshiko. She was also Japanese in Torchwood. Okay. But they just shortened it to Tosh. That that sounds awesome. It was. I was so annoyed <laughs> by that. Like at least Tosh or something. I don't know. But they just like completely. Butchered it. Butchered it to shorten it. To shorten it, you know. <laughs> Toshi? I don't know. I don't know. I guess that, that might sound like Tushy. I don't know. But that, that was just a side thing that bugged me about Torchwood, even though I love that show. But anyway. So her um, name was, wait, wait. Her name was Toshiko? In, in, in Torchwood. So what if they... In Spice World, it was Nicola. <laughs> what if they named her Oshiko? Uh, no. <laughs> Ain't nobody going to have that name. <laughs> you dumbass. For sure. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> but yeah, I, I felt like she was just kind of annoying. And I was I was just sitting here wondering what the purpose of this character was. And I wonder I think if... the whole purpose of her character is just for them to have their little epiphany at the end that, you know, their friends are more important than show business and all that stuff, you know? I also wonder if they wanted to have someone just kind of represent a regular person a regular everyday person that goes to everyday things, you know, that's not like over the top, like everything with the Spice Girls. Yeah. And then she also has to bring them down to reality at some point. Yeah. And you know, she, she's like the most relatable person to the viewer. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. And then it it almost makes it seem like it's a, it's possible to have a regular person actually be good friends with the Spice Girls and the Spice Girls will drop everything that they're doing to hang out with this person. It's possible. I feel like I feel like that probably is real, except they probably all have their own individual friends. You know, they don't have like one friend that's best friends with all of them. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So. So, yeah. Again, yeah, I agree. Like I was I remember thinking I remember remembering her before I watched it yesterday and I was like, what was her point? And yeah, I think the whole point, literally the whole point is just for them to for her to bring them down to reality and for them to have their little epiphany at the end. Right. Um, I do want to do a shout out to Scary Spice's astronaut outfit because that thing was pretty wild. <laughs> the one where they were practicing and she had the huge puffy coat on? Yeah. That was great. Yeah. I, it's pretty interesting because it's like, who the hell would ever wear that while you're performing? But I know. Well, that, that was part of her style. She was really like out there, you know? Outgoing yeah. Her and, and her and Ginger Spice were like the most out there, out there ones, but they were mm-hmm. out there in different ways. Oh, yeah. Very different. Um, their manager guy, though, to me... 
it was kind of interesting because I was I kept expecting him to be the villain. He looks like a stereotypical movie villain to me. Right. And he's he's always like on the verge of having a freaking heart attack. Yeah. And he almost has he almost has a quote unquote, you know, redeeming moment at the very end. <laughs> I actually had the captions on, so I had never caught this before okay. in any of my watchings. But at the very end, he apologizes to Deborah and then he tells her he loves her. But she at that moment, she gets like called away. What? And, and so she never even hears it. I didn't even realize there was like a love thing going on between those two. Yeah, they were, they were trying to they're trying to insert like you know the night before. Uh, he, I can't remember which one said it, but saying something about they should just go out and and basically implying that they should just go out, have a bunch of fun, and have sex, and mm-hmm. you know you know that sort of thing. Have like whatever it night. is that you you girls do. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so they're the two of them. They 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 find each other in the bar, and they just you know one of them suggests that they should just do that. Just have like a one night stand kind of thing. And then you never, it never really says if that happened or not, but um, yeah, he, he totally apologizes to her and just as she gets called away, he kind of mumbles, I love you. And I never would have caught it if I didn't have the captions on. And, uh, huh. and, but then like, she never hears it and they just go on like normal. And I don't know if that was supposed to be like a little redeeming moment for him, but overall through the whole movie, he was just kind of a douche. So you didn't like him at all, huh? Not really, and then he even has. Either, there was the the part where that bugged me, where with the Spice Girls, where they they were supposed to get a break, and he had to break the bad news to them. Here's mm. another pointless. Their man, their actual manager or whatever, the chief, the chief. Who the hell was that guy? So they there's there's different elements to their whole the whole Spice Girls group, right? So you have the manager that's like ba- basically babysitting them, and yeah. Oh, and to, to kind of like tie up like what we were talking about before, I guess I never really thought that there was a love interest thing going on because I felt like their, I guess she was their assistant, like the Spice Girls assistant. Yeah. Um, I generally thought that she was a good person, but I felt that he was the villain and I just kept expecting him to turn on them at some point. I don't know, throw them on, under the bus, the Spice bus, not literally, figuratively, but um, <laughs> I kept expecting that to happen. So I guess that's why I, I wasn't really paying attention to any love thing, but isn't that a song too? Love thing, <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> but um, yeah, I wasn't expecting that. But so the the different elements to the group: you have the manager who's babysitting them, you have the assistant that's basically at their beck and call, and is kind of like their their confidant, their best friend, right? Yeah. As well. And then you have the the almost like evil Bond villain guy, but he's not evil either, and he that's Roger Moore who's known for playing James Bond and he, he it's funny that he plays like almost like a Bond villain, but he's supposed to be like the record label. He represents the record label. Yeah. That's what I was saying. Like he was like the production. Yeah. The record label has the power and is kind of like, is the one that's like lighting a fire under them. And that's why he's in constant contact with their manager because the manager has to carry that out and make sure it happens. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he's constantly about to have a heart attack because, because of this guy or whatever. Uh, but then at some point they're, they th- they think they're going to get a break and then he has to break the news to them that they're not getting a break, <laughs> which is, you know, probably very. And that, that, that like split them up, I guess. That they, they put their foot down and they're like, no, we're taking a break. And I was like, good for them. And then they're like, no, nah, we're just kidding. We'll see you, you know, tomorrow morning, <laughs> first thing tomorrow morning or whatever. And I was like, oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. What? <laughs> I, was, I was so mad at that because i was like they're they're supposed to be all about you know 
girl power and being empowered and this and that. Yeah. And, you know, and then they, they put their foot down and they show their womanly strength and then they just totally turn over. You know what though? I I think what they were doing, they were flexing on. So they, they told him that like, still, they still didn't get their damn break, (laughs) but like they showed him that they have the power to like walk off if they wanted to, but they're like, we're, we're going to do you a solid. We will like forego our break. So that way we can stay on schedule. How about that? So they showed that they, they do have the power. But they, but they, you know, they did it in a fun, quirky way. I suppose. <laughs> I was still kind of mad about it. Now, what wasn't fun or quirky was that fucking alien encounter. The stupid alien encounter thing. Because they all had to pee. And all the toilets were broken at once. Because Meatloaf can't fix them. <laughs> and aliens come down. And all they want are, like, pictures and autographs. And we can stop talking about it now because it was pretty dumb. <laughs> Yeah, the fucking kissing or whatever. Like, I don't know. They what was the point of even pulling over? Because they didn't even need to pee. They just went out into the woods to like. I know, right? Get away. It seems like. I'm sure they. Well, they weren't gonna show us them peeing or whatever. So, you know, they they must have at some point. But they had the the dance class, whatever, which was fucking dumb. <laughs> they have like an obstacle course. Why would it? What the? What is the point? <laughs> if they needed help dancing. Why would they ever call this dumbass? What the fuck was he supposed to be? Like, he was like this general guy that was like really flamboyant or something? Like a drill drill sergeant? I don't know. But yeah, it was pretty dumb. And then they were like, what the hell? Let's show you how it's done. And then they do their thing. And he just kind of follows along with them. And then they do the little obstacle course. And then the, ho- the house is haunted. And so they all sleep together. The photographer freaking comes out of the toilet. That was probably the most unsettling part of the movie for me. It was like, right? How the fuck does does he come out of the toilet? What he's like, is he like a shapeshifter? Like, what the hell is this? I agree. I mean, I remember even you know back in the day thinking like, this is really creepy. This dude just yeah. came out of the plumbing. The flashes are are waking the girls up as he's like taking yeah. the photos, but they're in like separate as if it's uh, like rooms. some sort of supernatural situation. Yeah. I mean, they, they kind of made it seem that way. Like there was almost like this yeah. supernatural element to this paparazzi guy. I think a lot of this kind of plays in because it, this is all satire of like stuff that actual artists go through. So I, I think, I think in their mind, there's more to it. They probably envision like, how the fuck do these, these uh, photographers get these photos of us? And they probably, they, th- that was probably this like the story. Yeah. They probably have like the story that like, Oh, I bet they come up like out of the toilet or some shit. And they're like, <laughs> they inside of house in the movie watching us while we sleep or whatever. Yeah. Like it's like, how do these people sneak into these areas and take these candid photos? of them and and be able to sell it where are they coming from how do they these conversations and get this information and with with uh, roger moore's character the the head of the record label um i think that's also satire where it's like you got this this like you know this guy that like is in control of this empire and he's like in this lavish loft you know with ridiculous animals that he's like he keeps petting like every time (laughs) it shows him he has like a different animal and yeah, um, he's very much he's some... very much like a, a Bond villain without actually being a villain, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, but I think they're trying to play. I think they're trying to you know imply that he's kind of a villain because he was the one who was like no breaks and you know he's kind of, he's a little bit villainy in any way. Slightly, I would say. And then like you, of course, you got the manager that's like overly controlling and kind of micromanaging, yeah. and he's he's like always like stressed out and and whatnot. And I I imagine that that's how a lot of managers actually are. Yeah. So despite despite how unorganized this movie is, there are still elements that are 
symbolic and mm-hmm. and meaningful, especially if you're in the industry. So at least there's that. <laughs> it's not completely 100% just shallow fan service. Yeah, that's true. It was kind of weird was the Spice World came out, the, the album came out in 97, right? Uh, I believe so. And then Spice came out in 96. I want to say it was before that. I I think it only came out a year later. Was it really? Let's see. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. So I don't think I've ever seen this happen where usually you spend some time to like promote and really ride that wave of the release of the album. And then you take the time to kind of write music and then record. Right. I almost felt like they had like one giant tour and then they just like go right back into the studio to do it all over again. And then film also. Yeah, on top of that. And I heard there was a lot of criticisms over this because of the short turnaround. Like some were believing that the first album could have actually been promoted much more than what it was, you know, and like been more of a success had they not like shifted focus so quickly onto the next album right after. <laughs> I think their success was fine. You know, they maybe they could have been much more successful if they had paced it correctly. And maybe, maybe they maybe wouldn't have gotten burned longer. out. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe not burned out so fast. And I, I felt like there was a, an immense amount of pressure on, on the Spice Girls because of, uh, of this fact. I always thought that the the albums were like a couple years apart. And I felt like their their reign, I guess you could say, was almost like the better part of a decade. But I guess not. It seems like it was, it was just only like three a couple or four years. years. Yeah. And then that was it. They were They were like old news. It was crazy. They kind of disappeared. They kind of fell off as quickly as they showed up. That's true. I guess you never really think about that because everything, when you're 12, everything does come and go super quickly, but it feels like an eternity to you. Yeah. You know? Oh, I wanted to ask you too, like how you're talking about how Victoria or Posh, she was usually lip syncing and so she wasn't actually like featured on on the songs, it seems like. Um, According to rumor. (laughs) Could you actually tell which girl was singing in certain parts of the song? Because I feel like I, I can only tell Sporty and Baby. <laughs> no, I could. I, I could tell all their voices apart. All of them. Okay. So could you actually hear Victoria in certain parts? I did. Yeah. Yeah, she did sing. I mean, for this for the studio albums, as far as I know, she did sing. But they probably, I don't know, maybe had to do more than one take. And I think she didn't have like the strongest singing voice either. So mm. she's kind of soft. She was softer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then didn't yeah didn't I don't think she had the vocal strength to do it live. That's, That's what I'm thinking. I, I figured just like they, there's all this audio equipment, just like turn her mic up, you know, just turn the right. shit up if she wants to sing low, whatever. Hey, if Billie Eilish can sound loud to people, then I think anyone can. <laughs> right? Yeah, she's a she definitely has a quiet voice. Also, in preparation for this movie. I was listening to the first and second album before I watched the movie. So I wanted to to be familiar with the songs. And in the song Denying, that synth part at the beginning always tricks me into thinking it's going to be Say You'll Be There. Did that happen to you as well? Yeah, it would. But it's it's on a different album. Yeah, exactly. That's why I was like, so that's the only thing. Yeah, that would that would kind of get me if I wasn't really paying attention. But since I usually listen to the album separately, that would kind of keep me, you know, in the. In I the even right. compared the two. So, so say you'll be there has like a slower build. It, it kind of uh-huh. has like the, mm, and then like yeah. the song kicks in, right? But then denying it goes right into that synth part. So, um, when you compare the two, it's it's pretty damn close. 
Wow. And I wonder why no one else really like kind of called them out on like, why are you using like the same like rhythm or whatever? Or, like, I'm sure somebody has. I don't think it was, you know, widely publicized and us 11 year, 11, 12 year old girls didn't give a crap. But Oh, true. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's almost like they're just like recycling a song or an idea. But, you know, despite that. And that was just a popular sound during that time. I guess so. Yeah. But it's like the specific notes in order of how mm-hmm. they do it is very similar to their own song, which is only a year old. Yeah. But um, despite that, Denying is still a pretty damn good song, and it's catchy. That's actually, yeah. I think, one of my, my favorite songs. I wonder what mine is. Well, you'll you have some time to think about it. I know. I don't even think, <laughs> I, I don't even think I've ever like pinpointed a favorite Spice Girl song now that I think about it. Well, that, that'll be your homework while we finish up this episode seriously there are a couple things that i wanted to to go over before we get to the oh, end. sure so really quick was posh already victoria beckham by this time or was she still adams i believe so was she married to to david let's see in 97 let's see what year i know she definitely got married um the quickest no no she wasn't she they wasn't. got married in 99 oh shit okay she was still victoria adams at this point Yes. And I, you know, what's weird is I never knew her as Adams. I only remembered her as Victoria Beckham. You probably just didn't even learn her name. You didn't didn't learn her last name until after she was married. Yeah, that's fair enough. I think I only really knew them by the first name. We mostly just refer to them by their, their theme, right? Yeah. Posh this or scary that or... Were you also interested in the Spice Force 5 pitch? Because I actually thought that was pretty damn interesting. I would watch that. I thought it was pretty dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it's like super campy over the top, but it... It, uh, it felt- was, yeah. It would have been fun if they actually yeah, did something out of that, I think. Um, if they had executed it well. Hmm. But even when they were pitching it, and like Scary Spice is supposed to be the explosion. She's supposed to be the... Demolition the expert. Demolition expert. And then she blows up the wrong building just in that little bit. I was like, what kind of expert? What the fuck? But like, how funny is that? Like, it, I think that's the whole point of it is like, you have like Spice Force 5, but like, it's still campy and comedic at the same time. Right. Like, it's not meant to be taken serious. Like, she's like looking to the left and she pushes down on the little like trigger. And then like, she's like, oh crap. And looks to the right yeah. and like that building explodes. And then, of course, you know, you got Ginger, who's like the infiltrator. She She's like the master of disguise. Of course. Yeah, that was hilarious. So she goes into the telephone booth and transforms oh, do you remember into that, that guy. Little, that little flashback when Baby's talking about how everyone's just gonna, always going to see her as innocent. Mm. And it does a little flashback that was like Clue, you know? Oh, and yeah. And that was uh, that was Hugh Laurie, if you didn't if you didn't notice that. Was it really? Yeah, okay. the, the guy who was doing the, the whole uh, accusing thing. He's like, was it you? And she's like, it can't be me. And he's like, you're right. It's probably him. <laughs> exactly. I, you know, I wonder why Ginger's to me seems to be the most intelligent one in the film. Like she seems to just be the most knowledgeable about most things. And she speaks multiple languages. And yeah, I, I always kind of felt like she was the most, most mature in general. Hmm. She, not, I feel like she had, she had the most. Uh, yeah, and then she had the most um, like world knowledge, if that makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like she was the most in touch with what was going on in the world, mm-hmm. which makes sense. Like why she would kind of be the the spearhead of the girl power movement. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, and everyone else just kind of like followed her lead. So maybe that's why people thought that she she was the de facto leader of the group. Yeah, and like I said, she was also the oldest one in the group and everything. I wonder if this is how the other girls thought of her, like, and they just kind of like 
blew it up, you know, and, and really emphasized it in the movie. Or if that was just something that the writers came up with, you know, for the script. Yeah, I don't I actually I feel like um, in the group in general, I couldn't tell if the other others looked up to her or not, but she yeah, she always kind of came off as the leader to me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, one of those those pointless scenes that you're talking about, weren't they like in a coffee shop or something and they just start busting out wannabe out of nowhere just to like put on a show for waitress? And the chef. Well, they were reminiscing on how they started. Okay, so this was after they split up already. They like kind of went yeah. They had all ways. gone their own separate ways. Okay. You know, they were all mad or whatever. Um, had their fight with. But it's like, why would they be mad at each other? Like, why would they split up and stop talking to each other? I think they were just frustrated in general. They weren't. They weren't like splitting up. They weren't mad at each other. And they were just kind of mad with the way things are going and with the way the manager was treating them. Sure. Okay. And so they just all decided to like take their break finally and all go home to like their respective places. And then they started all reminiscing about how they started and how they, they were actually with Nicola in this little coffee shop or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And they were friends, obviously friends with the owner. And they're like, Hey, check out what we have. And you know, now this place is shut down, boarded up and they all kind of just wander there. Yeah. That was a flashback. That's why they all looked different. Like they all looked younger. They all Nicola wasn't pregnant. <laughs> to me, this song is still overplayed. I fucking hate this song. Do you really? I don't hate it, but yeah, you're <laughs> right. It's it's definitely overplayed. Anytime anyone ever mentions Spice Girls or wants to kind of like reference them, it's always wannabe and everyone else is always like, "Yeah, I love that song." I will be okay if I never have to hear this specific song from them ever <laughs> again. But you know what? I, I have to give credit where credit's due. It did serve as their great first single. And that's this is what really put them on the map. Yeah. And you know, in a lot of ways, it was kind of the perfect single for them because it showcased their energy and their attitude. You know, like it was basically all what they were about. It kind of encompassed everything that the Spice Girls were. Exactly. And, you know, they had a great harmony in the chorus as well. You know, I'm not going to lie. And the one line in the chorus. It had just gotten so much radio play when it first came out. And it just damn near played nonstop for that whole year until the next album came out. And and then that's what kind of bumped it off. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. Anytime it's mentioned in movies or TV shows. Like, I I forgot what Brenda was watching. I think she was watching the show with. Uh, Hillary Duff in it. I think it's called Younger. Have you heard of it? Oh, no. I think it's Younger. But there, I was going to say like, Hi, I Met Your Father because that's what she's doing right now. No, I don't I don't think... Maybe it was on there. It was something with uh, Hillary Duff in it. But I think they mention Spice Girls and then it starts playing Wannabe and I'm like, of course. Because, you know, they didn't make any other fucking songs. That's the only that one that one is their most relatable song or, or most recognizable <laughs> recognizable. Song, I was like, I don't know about relatable, their most, but yeah, their their most recognizable song for me. Literally any song will do. <laughs> Please. <laughs> That's just because all of the songs are recognizable to you. Thanks to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But yeah, going back to the movie, having the specials in the delivery room. What do you have to say about this? Because I thought this was pretty dumb as well. That would have been up to Nicola. Is that like, are you allowed to have that many people in the delivery room? Um, it depends on the hospital. Okay. Some, some hospitals will let you have however many people you want in there. I for one, I always thought that it was like one person. That's it. That's all you're allowed. Maybe two. If it's your, if it, you know, you want your mom in there too or something. 
I'm pretty sure at Loma Linda, there, I think there is a limit, but the limit's higher than I thought it would be. Because okay. I'm pretty sure it's more than two, or at least it used to be before pandemic times. Because now I'm pretty, now I think it's one or two. But you a know, baker's when I had dozen. Julian, right? When I had Julian, um, I remember being surprised by like the number of people you could have in there. This also serves as the scene that I found the most hilarious. This scene legitimately caught me off, caught me off guard and cracked me up was when Posh got slapped by Baby. Do you remember that? Yeah. Like, uh, like, what did she say to her? I think she was just being overwhelmed by it. Like, she was like, I'm going to faint. Someone slap me or something. And Baby and was like, okay. Her. And then, she like, her reaction, because like, she she gets smacked, and she's like, oh! <laughs> I wonder if that was scripted. I think it was probably the script, but I just felt like that was such a, a funny moment, because she was, like, surprised <laughs> that someone actually slapped her. She was like, how dare you? Right. <laughs> That was some of the most personality that I saw from Posh ever, you know, yeah. like either concert or movie. That's true. It was pretty. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Like, to like see. I said, yeah, I think they were. I think I think they were fun in the movie. Yeah, you got to definitely see a side of them that you don't normally see because when you when you'd see the Spice Girls, they would be performing. All I gotta say is the Spice Girls postponing their show to be there for their random ass pregnant friend. You know, <laughs> it really shows their fierce loyalty. And I hope that they do that for all of their pregnant friends or else they're dead to me. I'm right. I'm glad that they <laughs> finally put their foot down and did that, you know? Yeah. Cause you know, I was annoyed that they didn't get their break that they were supposed to get. True. What did you think of that wicked and dangerous uh, bus flying scene on the tower bridge? Oh my goodness. Yeah. That was, that was part of the movie pitch that was, uh, obviously they were they were rushing to the show but i feel like a lot of that was the the speeding thing and the being on top of the bus for no apparent reason thing and they got out of the bus just to get back in the bus (laughs) yeah and they like all that stuff was just part of the movie pitch yeah and it was funny because the manager's like that sounds expensive and he's like you're right and so he shows like this like little toy model (laughs) yeah yeah so that was fun that was fun um still stupid but fun (laughs) And then they finally have their their final. And honestly, I was falling asleep during that part. Oh damn! And that was like <laughs> not because it movie. wasn't exciting. Not even because yeah, just because I was I was tired. Not because okay. it wasn't exciting. Um, that was probably one of the most exciting parts of the movie, right? The girls. I don't even think they used stunt doubles during that jump. No CGI. It was all practical effects. I agree. <laughs> Good job. Good job, Spice Girls. <laughs> Girl power. That's right. Yeah. And then they have their great great final performance, and that's pretty much it. Their quote unquote first live performance. Oh, was it? That was like the the premise of the story is that this Ever? is their first oh. first live performance. Not that they didn't perform. I think like live, I think they mean like live, televised live. Oh, like big, like major show. Yeah. Okay, because I was like, they performed with the asses in Italy, right? The asses. <laughs> Another pointless part. Hey, but you know what? It was probably fun for them. They're like, hey, at least we get to see some men's asses. So that's that's cool. Another part where they, they, they put their foot down and then rolled over. I had to show the that scene to Brenda, though, where <laughs> the, the um, head of the record label guy was bottle fiending that baby piglet. <laughs> that was so adorable. That was adorable. It was like squirming in his arms. I and know. His... They probably loved that. Every, everybody involved <laughs> in the movie probably loved that. She was so concerned. Oh, you know, at the very beginning, um, when they first see Elton John and they all like kiss him and stuff, and he was just like, whoa, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering, I was like, is this before he came out? Huh. I always thought he he came out way before that, but was it later? I actually don't know when Elton John came out. Huh. 
He just gets caught in a oh, spice no, world. Oh no, he came out in 1992, so yeah, it was before. Oh, gotcha. Okay, so maybe maybe they felt even that's what made it more comical. Is well, that I mean, like, everyone, yeah, everyone still loves, everyone still loves Elton John, and El- everyone loved the Spice Girls too. So yeah, it makes sense that Elton John would also love the Spice Girls, and and they're both like pop icons, you know, like they're mm-hmm. super popular, and it was, it was yeah, it was basically just like he got he got caught up in this whirlwind of of spice kisses, you know, and that was pretty much it. Yeah. But yeah, I was just thinking that I was like, had he come out yet? You know, like that's hmm. you know adds a little extra layer to it if he hadn't yet, which is funny. But uh, yeah, no, I think I think that adds to the humor though because it's like yeah. you you know there's no there's no sexual connotation yeah, to what's true. going on. It's just fine. I, I liked it. I liked yeah. it. Uh, I feel like I'm I'm using that description a lot. It's this movie's just fun. Yeah, I think that's really it's redeeming quality. It's the you know the funness for the fans. You know, it wasn't fun was what? and this was actually quite dark was when the manager was planning to hang himself yeah in the theater i was like god damn yeah wow. that, I, I don't think that definitely i don't think that would fly like that would have to come with a a trigger warning you know nowadays yeah i was like D- this is like super dark wow because he was he was gonna do it in front of the the documentary crew right like he was like i'll, I'll i'm sure like, he was gonna, gonna go happen. on he was gonna do it in front of the whole audience he was gonna go on stage he was gonna start the show and then, like, hang himself with the noose, and he was like explaining it to the crew, and the crew was like, "Cool with it." They're like, yeah, we're gonna ha- we're gonna get some good material now. And then when he, yeah, and then when the Spice Girls show up, the documentary guy was like, "Well, there goes my great ending," or something like that. <laughs> That's <Damn>. fucked up. <laughs> I know, and that ends the the stupid, pointless documentary crew side story that didn't actually have any point whatsoever. I kind of feel for the manager the guy because they did everything they could to piss this guy off especially that boat scene like what the yeah. fuck were they doing putting those girls they're in danger? being spontaneous we're just trying to have you know a little like girl time or whatever whatever they're saying it's so stupid what the hell yes if if those little girls drowned you know or got hurt oh, because well they being... all had life they did all have life jackets so at least there's that they were there was safety but yeah they, did. That, they definitely would have had to sign some forms before they did that yeah super dangerous so they could have fallen out and like landed on a buoy or something and like gotten seriously hurt anything could have happened yeah so it's about that time unfortunately i can hear kids getting riled up oh yeah that is a wrap folks if you made it to the end of our podcast then you're all invited to Spice World 2. <laughs> yeah, right. like that's ever going to happen. I was going to say the next world tour, which actually could happen. But make sure you, you show up with uh, full garb and everything. Oh, yeah. Speaking of full garb, if you were a Spice Girl, what spice would you be? <laughs> well, I felt like there were there were a lot of different options here because it's like you had a, everyone be a different and unique theme that like that that was like something that really interested them you know like you definitely got that got the idea that sporty was like she wanted to do something that involved like uh being physical because she was uh, pretty athletic herself right yeah so if we were part of the spice girls ourselves like let's say if we somehow made it into the group and we need to come up with a flavor a theme or, or a gimmick right I was thinking, so what would have been my interest back then? Like, what what would represent me? And I was thinking I could be, <laughs> because I was really into this at, around that time, I would say, wrestle spice. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be a professional wrestler, <laughs> spice girl. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Or, or, you know what, skater spice. How about that? Ah. 
What about you? That was, yeah, for me, I was I was thinking on the, on a similar note. You know, I feel like the the spice designation was kind of like a piece a, a major piece of their personality, but played up a lot. You know what I mean? Mm, okay. And then I was thinking like, what would that be for me? And right now, I feel like it's kind of I don't know if this this is a I don't know if this is a good thing to say or not, but like at least right now, a lot of what's going on with me is motherhood, right? While I have mm. two, almost three very young children, but I did not want to go with that. And you know what? They even had a section in the movie regarding that. Yeah. And so um, I thought back a little bit and I decided that I would be Dainty Spice. Interesting. Okay. And she would be, um, she would be into a lot of period wear. And so she'd be wearing... <laughs> But like, but like sexied up because everything about the Spice Girls is a little bit sexied up, right? Mm, okay. And so she would be wearing like, you know, like a French Revolution crazy dress, but like sexied up, like the front cut out and you can see her legs or like, you know, an old Victorian stuff and like a huge French wig or something like that. But all of it would always be sexied up. So she would be into and every and all her movements would be graceful and dainty while she danced and stuff. And so kind of similar to Posh, I guess, but like in the in the past. So yeah, An that, older that's feel. the Spice Girl that that's the Spice Girl that I envision. Period. Where I didn't actually start watching professional wrestling until probably like two thousands. Now I think about it, and I don't even uh-huh. think they made it there. They were only really popular from like what, like ninety six to ninety eight, and then they just kind of fell off. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, you know what? I think it's like what else could be could've... skater. Skater was good, or Twisted Metal Spice. <laughs> metal yeah <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know if i was into like metal around that time that might have been a little bit later no, twisted too. metal but, specifically well see going to, uh, in the same vein as that i would say nerdy spice how about that there you go because <laughs> if i'm if i'm just going by now i would just be old spice right i was gonna say i would be i would be grumpy spice probably <laughs> <laughs> grumpy spice or mom spice <laughs> maybe like a nurturing spice i don't know this movie was just it was like a lot of fun going back because it was just you know such a nostalgic trip it was really interesting to see like how this movie has aged since like the first time we watched it oh yeah it did okay i think it was you know a lot of i mean since it wasn't a lot of like cgi or special effects or something like that Mm -hmm. i think it it aged okay and you know it was interesting that they decided to go the meta route because yeah, like how you're saying, the pitch of the movie is like this movie, Spice World. Yeah. And that so it's like a movie about them making a movie about this yeah, movie. Exactly. And it even gets more meta when they address the audience watching the movie in the end credits. Yeah. And they're like commenting on people like, why are you still watching? The, the, these are the credits. Like, go home. And then it just explodes. There's, right. there's that random bomb on the bus or whatever yeah. that made no sense exactly and then they're like some people are watching this on on tape and did was there nothing nothing interesting on tv or whatever and i was like nope (laughs) (laughs) and you know what like this wasn't my my first nostalgia trip though because i did actually follow up with the girls when back in 2019 when they they did like that uk tour right i I forgot what what that was for but i think they they were only like toured around the uk and it's interesting because you know, Ginger left the Spice Girls and then she came back, but then Posh left. So it's like yeah. they just never really had like the full like five. I know. After again. Ginger left, they never had the full five again. And they keep trying to get her back, 
but yeah. she's always like, nope, I'm not interested. Nope, I'm not interested. And man, yeah, I, I watched that whole show though, and to to Brenda's chagrin because she's definitely not like she doesn't have that same nostalgia that that we right. did. And yeah, she, I, I think she was much too. more of a casual fan. Yeah, I watched it and I loved it. It was yeah, it was very nostalgic and very heartwarming to see them back together and see them performing my old favorites and stuff like that, you know. And I, I want to shout out to Sporty. And I I know we've talked about this in the past, but I want to say that Sporty she hasn't lost her touch. She out of she everyone, I feel like she can still bust those moves out. I always felt like she just never really got the respect she deserved, you know, in their heyday. Yeah, she has a unique voice, and I don't think it's everybody's cup of tea. Mm-hmm. It definitely wasn't mine at the time, but I can appreciate it, you know. And uh, she does have, like, she has, she can sing, and she can, you know, she has power she in her voice and stuff flip. like that. And she can backflip <laughs> at the same freaking time. Like, I, yeah, props to her for sure. When you think about it, Sporty kind of had all of the best parts in every song. yeah. It's because she had the most power. She had the she had the most vocal power. I think. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she may she yet like again her her voice itself is not everybody's cup of tea, but she could uh, carry those parts the way that other the other Spice Girls couldn't. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Like Sporty, I think she she's kind of like held up physically, um, like physicality speaking. Um, I think she she's kind of like maintained it, but. In terms of like who who aged the best, I think Scary hands down aged the best. Yeah, she still looks, if you know, if not exactly the same. I think she actually looks better now than she did back then, which <laughs> yeah. is which is uh, funny to say. Yeah, I mean, let's be real. Ginger and Baby are aging like white women, and uh, <laughs> Victoria Beckham she keeps her beauty through. I'm Scary. gonna assume Maybe. that's what I'm assuming. <laughs> I'm not gonna say it, but I'm gonna say that. Uh, that's what I'm assuming. <laughs> we're also we're all we're gonna suddenly be getting all these cease and desist from Victoria Beckham because I'm talking oh, so much crap about damn. her right now. Yeah, we're <laughs> spreading lies. You're, you're saying that I lip sync and had surgery? I'm not saying that. I'm saying I've heard it. That's all. Before we we wrap this up for good, I do want to mention one last thing, and I think you'll probably appreciate this. So, you know, with the Spice Girls being so popular for those couple years, and then. Uh, not long after the movie Ginger kind of left, they they start working on the third album, and th- I remember this vividly. I wanted to give an honorable mention to the song Goodbye because I think I don't know if they ever said it, but this song a lot of people thought was dedicated to Ginger leaving, which was a big deal it for the group. Definitely was, yeah. And I remember you racing home with this VHS in hand, this unmarked VHS. And you had a recording of MTV when Goodbye, the, the music video, had just dropped. Yeah, I probably taped it at uh, Kim's house because she had cable. She had MTV. And I remember yeah. you watched that thing on loop. Like, you just kept watching it over and over and over. Yep. I bet I bet mom and dad loved that. I went back and watched it before we re-recorded this. And it's kind of emotional, isn't it? This song's intense. Like, this song is, is still pretty awesome the video itself may have aged a bit but you know what the song holds up i'm just gonna say the song holds up i I believe that was victoria beckham premiering her short haircut too oh yeah that's true she went like pixie huh yeah she She did had the bob right yeah or uh like the the a-line cut thing going on Mm -hmm. but you know what in the song scary brings it home in the climax of the song so i just want to to give her props for that yeah yeah it's a good song anything else 
No, I think that's it. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to take off. I, I hear kids crying, and and Andrew texted me that Julian misses me. Cool. All right. This has been Affliction Oz Podcast, Episode 15, Spice World. Just a reminder: we are available on all major podcast streaming services, with new episodes dropping on the first Saturday of each month, 5 a.m. Pacific. Thank you to the listeners out there for joining us, and we will see you all next time. Woo, girl power.